Once again, the WTA side of a Grand Slam is leaving us with so many questions. You could even say it's a slippery slope. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Ravia and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravi and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. So, today is G-July, G-July, July 1st. Is there ever an episode where we don't say the date? In some weird way. I don't think so. Or it's usually me, but still. It, 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 is, it adds. Yeah. That's how you know it's a, that's how you know we're recording at one of our normal times. If we're <laughs> recording at like a sane time of the day, we'll probably won't mess up the date. Well, honestly, today is not that bad. It's only Today's not that bad. It's, it's only been worse. 10 p.m. We've done worse. We have. Well, to, we sat down to record at like 7.30. Yeah. And we've only and we got distracted. Exactly. But either way, the fact doesn't change. It is July first and we are recording episode sixty six. Honestly, right now the title is to be We haven't come up with it yet. We haven't come up with it yet. We're starting we're thinking something something about slipping, something about something about yeah. Yeah. We've seen a lot of falls on center court these past few days. Some funny, some extremely tragic. Yeah, Roger fell today, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's knees. He has to be saved at all costs. <laughs> so, yeah, what we're going to do in this episode is kind of cover the notable upsets, check in with the top seeds that are left in the tournament, and also players we're kind of keeping an eye on as the we progress later into the tournament, whether it be dark horses or top contenders still. So Yeah, yeah. so... We, obviously, it took a lot of, because of all the rain going on in London, um, we've only just wrapped up the first and second rounds um, after today. Uh, well, it's the second round after today. So, all the round three matches are set. But a lot happened in the first couple of rounds. As Josephine was saying, a lot of slipping, a lot of upsets, and then a lot of really solid performances and really heartwarming ones, too. So, starting off with the WTA upsets, Oh boy, it feels like I'm a broken record for this sort of stat, but 16 of the 32 seeds are already out before the third round. Um, uh, Upsets galore, I don't even know if you can call them upsets anymore because the WTA, we don't even... expected at this point. Yeah, at this point, I feel like it's too much to ask for, you know, a top 10 player or a former Grand Slam champion to win a slam. Imagine the number one seed actually winning. Ash Barty, we're looking at you. Yeah. Do it, please, for our sanity. (laughs) Um, Well, our first notable upset was Alexander Sastovich defeating Serena Williams, the 10th seed in the first round. This wasn't really her defeating her. It was actually a much more unfortunate circumstance She actually had to retire after three all in the first set, so very early on in the match, because she slipped on the grass, uh, I believe a couple of times, and had to retire. Um, And several players have actually remarked how the grass is pretty slippery, and they've also fallen on it themselves. So 
especially because it was raining a lot the first few days. But this is just such a sad way for her to go out at a tournament that she loves. She was obviously super excited to compete. And how we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks as her, like, this being one of her best shots cause at mm-hmm. getting another slam because this is one of the surfaces that she excels at. Yeah, and as for the slipping, I heard it was especially on center court because, as you yep. said, it has been raining a lot. And apparently closing the roof has to do with, like, building the condensation in the grass. We're getting like we're that. getting all Something science technical. here. Yeah, but I, I don't even know where I read this, so just, yeah. I This is what I heard. But... Honestly, it's worse because center court is where like the biggest matches are being played. That's yeah. the whole point. And if it's I mean, the Andy, most dangerous court, yeah. A Andy Murray tweeted afterwards. Andy tweeted afterwards saying that like brutal that Serena like had to retire and go out. But he, has he also said it's. Back. <laughs> and he was all. He also said like, but it's not easy to move out there. That center court is really slippery. Roger commented on it too. So. Um, it's definitely a consistent thing that we're seeing, unfortunately, and hopefully it won't be too dangerous for the next yeah. few rounds. The finals. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, it's like playing on an ice rink. Oh, my gosh. So, as for Serena, she received a standing ovation from the crowd as she left the court. Obviously, this is, like, a heartwarming thing, but very bittersweet, basically. And she was almost in tears. Actually, I think she was. She was yeah. crying at some point, and she didn't go to her press afterwards. And later, she released in a statement on Instagram saying, I was heartbroken to have to withdraw today after injuring my right leg. My love and gratitude are with the fans and the team who make being on center court so meaningful. Feeling the extraordinary warmth and support of the crowd today when I walked on and off the court meant the world to me. So, obviously still so sad because like she had a really big chance here for number 24 even though that's been talked about over and over like this would have meant the world to her this is Wimbledon and so Serena will now be dropping out of the top 15 in rankings and will be ranked number 16 at best after Wimbledon so this did cost her yeah because she was she did she was a defending finalist so she had a lot of points here to defend yeah um, so our next notable upset was Sloane Stevens defeating Petra Kvitova in the sixth seed in the first round, 6-3, 6-4. Another very bittersweet result because the two of us are fans of both. Um, awesome stuff from Sloane Stevens, though. She has really been gaining her back, her momentum this season. She had a really tough Uh, past few months as we've talked about losing family members um you know not being able to attend I think her grandparents funeral because she was in hard quarantine or in quarantine at the Australian Open so a lot of tough stuff that she had to deal with but it is so great to see her getting her groove again and we're actually going to talk about this in a bit we think she is one of the strongest players in the draw right now um and she's also into the third round um, but she's someone who can really take out these big names. She's had several top 10 or, you know, high-ranked player wins the past few weeks, and I remember we were talking about in the French Open how she hadn't had one since the WT Finals in 2018, and now that she's had multiple already in the past couple months, really is going to show how much she's gained back her form. And then Petra, on the other hand, she was 
<laughs> and she was my pick to win the whole thing. Uh, I knew she had a very difficult draw going into it, but just considering how much she excels on the surface, I thought she had a shot, but I don't really think there's any shame in losing to Sloane Stevens. Um, a very tough first round for them both, so that's obviously sad to see her go. But if anything, we're hoping that Sloane can make a good run out of this. Yeah, so then Petro Kvitova, she's the sixth seed. Then we also lost five, four, and three. So Elise Cornet defeated Bianca Andreescu, the fifth seed, in the first round, six two six one. So this was, um, <laughs> I think that is the definition Speedy. of destruction. It's a yeah. nice little breadstick there. And then we have Madison Brangle defeating Sophia Kennan, the fourth seed. In the second round, six two six four, and Magda Lynette defeating Alina Svitolina, the third seed in the second round, six three six four. So all pretty fast matches. And keep in mind, keep in mind that Svitolina was a defending semifinalist, so she's also going to be losing. People had expectations for her coming into this, so people did definitely interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, going on to the ATP side, we have <laughs> our first upset. This is, like, one of the first matches of the entire tournament. Francis Tiafo defeated Stefano Tsitsipas, the third seed, in the first round, 6-4, 6-4, 6-3. So that's obviously a big result. And actually, this was a big conversation because this seems to be a trend sometimes, um... And Steph discussed how difficult it was to transition from Roland Garros and the clay and the deep run there all of a sudden to Wimbledon and to the grass. And historically, the short break between the two tournaments has been one of the most difficult challenges in tennis that actually Nadal has also, you know, sometimes struggled with. And because they, obviously Roland Garros was delayed by a week, that space between the two tournaments was even shorter. And also, Steph hasn't had great success on the grass. He's made deeper runs in the other slams than he has here. Uh, So he just looked really flat on court. He was not playing his top level of tennis. But not to take away any credit from TFO because Francis played amazing. He's also into the third round now and officially on the U.S. Olympic team. So very exciting stuff from him. And again, we're going to talk about these players a bit later on too but we also think that Francis has a really nice look at making a nice run at this tournament considering how well he's been playing yeah and actually speaking of Americans we also have Sebastian Corda <laughs> defeating Alex Demonor the 15th seed in the first round 6-3-6-4-6-7-7-6 so- Josefina has actually been her Corda fandom is really showing lately. She's been posting his results on her Instagram story. She's been forwarding me pictures of him. And she was you were also very sad that he's out playing the Olympics. But Yeah, I didn't know that about that until today. So that yeah, was definitely some but, hard news to digest, but it's Yeah. Okay. I mean my Berrettini fandom has been out there for a while. Josephina's Corda fandom, people are starting to learn about it. Yeah. Because before, no, before I used to talk about it, but it wasn't so obvious. It wasn't so obvious. But, I mean, either way, this was a difficult match. When it comes to Shravi and I, they're both players that we love so much. Especially because yep, she's, she's converted me into a Courtney fan. I have, successfully. And I, I'm and, so proud and, of it. 
Yeah, and now I, I have to... She's getting on the Baratini train day by day, very slowly, slightly. I sent her the story post that he did today, congratulating Isla on her win. I think that... I think she appreciated that. Did you? That's unfair, because you know that's my weak spot. I'm such a hopeless romantic. Yeah. Oh, you did... Yeah, you got annoyed that Corda posted something about his girlfriend. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> Back to the she tennis. She did. She got annoyed. Back to she the did tennis. get annoyed. Back to the tennis. Back <laughs> to the tennis. <laughs> so, yeah, this was an, an amazing win for um, Sebi, especially since Deminor actually was coming off of a grass title. He was in such great form, and, I mean, Corda still beat him. I think that says something about the type of player he is. He is definitely an underdog, and I am here for it. So Corda is actually through to the third round where he's going to face British Dan Evans, the 22nd seed. <laughs> so this should be a good one because, I mean, Dan Evans, you know, he can really bring his best at the most random times. But, um, yeah. That Monte Carlo run, I'm still not yeah. over that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was so random. But this was just overall a very mixed-feeling result. When we saw this, we talked about it in our preview episode, Corda versus Demonor in the first I round. I said Corda was going to win. I was sure. Yeah, you were. I was. You have that confidence in your guy until he posts a picture with his girlfriend. That was... Um, he Also, his sisters are really doing well in the <laughs> You're just trying to change the subject. So, Nick Kyrgios... <laughs> defeated Ugo Robert, <laughs> the 21st seed in the first round, 6-4-4-6-3-6-6-1-9-7. So this is, this was also... This took multiple days to finish. Yeah, because the rain delays, and I remember I was looking at the score and it said three all in the last set, in the fifth set, and I was like, uh, oh no. Did <laughs> someone slip? <laughs> No, because it was in the morning, so I it said suspended from the last day. And I said, mm. well, now it could go either way. Because I think rain delays, honestly, can prove as a huge advantage to some players, especially if you're losing, yeah. to, like, regroup and do all that stuff. So um, they also played a thrilling match at the Australian Open where Kyrgios also won. It was also a five-setter. So, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of trauma for Ugo, but he Poor has guy. been doing well recently, so it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And Nick is actually also into the third round, and he's playing Felix Auger Eliasim next. That's big, and we'll talk about it more later. I will just like to add in here, because I think it's important to note that Felix is looking pretty, pretty good in that all-white kit. For Wimbledon. I will just say that. I think it's an important piece of information to add. Always. Uh, <laughs> last but certainly not least, we have our favorite knight in shining armor, uh, Andy Murray, <laughs> defeating Nicholas Basilashvili, the 24th seed in the first round. 6-4, Sir Andy is back. We were so happy. I was watching his match on ESPN. And I was so into it. It was just so nice to have, like, the center corporate home crowd supporting him. And, you know, just that feeling, that energy. Everyone on social media was loving it. So, it, tennis missed him back in his form. And this guy, like, he's out here beating, you know, a player who has been unfortunate. Well, we obviously 
don't need to go as in-depth into it as we have in the past, but someone who has been doing pretty well this season despite all of his off-court issues. Um, And, you know, this was an impressive win from Andy, also not having been back at Wimbledon in so long. But (laughs) it did have a bit of a hiccup. He was up 5-love in the third set and then lost seven straight games. He even had a match point in the third set. And this is actually one of the situations, as Josefina was just saying, where a rain delay or, like, any sort of little break can really help mentally regroup. Yeah, because they had to break to close the roof since it was raining. And honestly, like, just to give you an idea of how long this takes, Andy had time to take a shower. He had time to, you know, regroup. And then... And then he came back and won the fourth set. And I think, honestly, that really came to his advantage because he lost seven straight games before that little break. And had a match, and lost a match point. Mentally destroyed going Mm -hmm. into that fourth set and Mm -hmm. then maybe fifth set if it would have gone that far. Um, So then after that, in the second round, he won a big five-setter versus Oscar Ote in the second round to reach the third round and he's facing Denis Shapovalov next and mind you Denis Shapovalov got a walkover in his last round and Andy has played a four set match and a five set match yeah and honestly the thing like the second round match against Ote it's kind of unsettling because that would have been something that should have been a three setter because he was a qualifier but I mean not to discredit the other player obviously but this is like Andy Murray at Wimbledon. The standards we're having yeah. on. I think what's most impressive, though, is his like, mental strength. To, you know, as you said, regroup after the four- third set in his first round match and then get through a tough five setter like this one. That's promising, but the physical aspect is going to be the big question. Yeah. So now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the top seeds, top contenders, most informed players on both sides who are still in the draw, and just kind of check in to see how they're doing. So starting off with the WTA, we have the number one seed, Ash Barty. Um, she's been one of the most dependable players all year, as we've discussed, barring injury. She had a very tight first-round match versus Carlos Suarez Navarro, 6-1, 6-7, 6-1. Um, it was, you know, super like sad to see Carla playing her last match on center court she got a standing ovation as she left and Ash Barty actually directed the applause towards her um so it was just I think it was great that she gave a battle there I mean taking the world number one to three sets and to getting that to a tie break um I think was pretty impressive um so sad to see that Carla will be gone although Carla is gonna be playing Tokyo Olympics and I believe she's playing doubles with Garbina Muguruza as well so how exciting is that? Um, but back to Ash, uh, we talked about how she's chasing after history, trying to become, you know, trying to walk in the footsteps of Yvonne Gulagong. So she is through to the third round now. So we will continue to keep an eye on her. And then we have Sabalenka, the second seed who, I mean, this is insane. She fired 48 winners in her first round match. Now, if you think about it, she won the first round in two sets, right? Mm-hmm. Both six-something, six-something. You need four points to win a game. And that was 12 yeah. games she won. She nearly won. I mean, unless, obviously, there was, like, deuce games and stuff like that. But my point is, she nearly won the entire match on winners. winners. Yeah. 
So she played an amazing match, but then she actually had a tough second round match versus Katie Bolter, 4-6-6-3-6-3. So, I mean, this Katie really got f- further than her boyfriend. <laughs> she did. If you don't know, Katie Bolter's dating Alex Dimonor. <laughs> so, what I was gonna say was that, I mean, this really speaks to the type of player that Sabalanka is. Like, she can play a near-perfect match in one round, and then the next round she'll lose the first set to an unseated player. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that says something. Josephina also got mad when Alex Dumanar posted something about Katie Bolter. <laughs> I take everything personally. It's okay. <laughs> So, yeah. But, I mean, back yeah. to Sabalenka, though. She's also someone who I don't... She Oh, we're going to talk about this in a bit. Her draw is ridiculous. That quarter yeah. is crazy. So, she has some challenges up ahead of her. So, after the first and second seed, the next seeded player is the seventh seed, who is <laughs> Iga Sviatek. And, I mean, she's pretty unexperienced on grass. This is her only her second Wimbledon, which is crazy. She was also the 2018 Wimbledon girls champion, actually. But, um, obviously that adds to her experience, but it's not the same. Like, this is the yeah. pro tour. The this is the real tournament. deal. This is the exactly. real thing. It's not, it's like the... This is not some 10 and under little <laughs> round robin situation. Like, you know what I'm seeing in my head? I see a little, um... A little car, like the you know the toy cars with the engines. Like I'm seeing it drive up to a stoplight next to a monster truck, and <laughs> it's looking out like. <laughs> That's the first thing you thought of when you thought Iga Swiatek, 2018 Wimbledon girls champion. No, I mean girls for like girls versus the women's tournament or the boys versus the men's tournament. And you thought of a toy car and a monster truck. <laughs> yeah, because it's like. The monster truck is the real tour for the adults, and then the little toy car is like you practice with it, you kind of get used to it, but it's not—it's not the real thing. There's no thrill. Got it. Right. Yeah. Got it. Following my train of thought, <laughs> we're all struggling here. A train or a toy train? Train? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, what was that? What was that show that everyone used to watch when they were little? Thomas the Thomas, Train or something? Thomas Thomas and Friends. Yes, Thomas and Friends. This is what it is. Anyways, <laughs> back to back to what we were talking about. We're getting sidetracked in the most weird ways today. Um, back to what we were talking about. So Iga, yes, she's doing well, but um, we also have someone who's way more experienced on grass, which is Garbinia Muguruza, the 11th seed. I honestly would love if she wins the whole thing. Um, she annihilated both of her opponents so far to get into third round, but she faces Ons Jabor next, which breaks our hearts because battle of favorites, we don't like that. Like, it's a little, it's a little tough, you know? So Especially early. this early. Yeah. So early on in a tournament is when it's tough. So Muguruza, she's playing amazing. Health is always the question, but she's dangerous on grass. She's won this tournament before. Um, I think if she passes the Jabor test, and I think this goes both ways, if Jabor passes the Muguruza test, they're both going to be very tough um, going ahead. And then we have Krychikova, the 14th seed, who seems to be doing a great job of that transition from 
clay in the French Open and her win to the grass season. And she didn't play any warm-up tournaments, actually, but still, she's through to the third round in two straight set matches, which is really great. It's I think she's still riding that, like, wave of yeah. confidence and momentum. Like, I mean, a Grand Slam is huge. Yeah. But, I'm By no means am I a critique of a stan, but I honestly would think it would be kind of cool for her to prove haters wrong and just have a nice run at Wimbledon as well. Yeah. Just to show that it wasn't it a fluke. It wasn't a fluke, yeah. So then, actually, we have Coco Goff, the 20th seed, who, I mean, she had her breakthrough here two years ago at her Grand Slam, what's it called, debut, and she is looking so solid this year as well. I mean, it's great to see her playing so well. She's really proving herself on tour. Like, honestly, her age isn't even a question anymore. She's been proving that she's... She's, seen, she's in the 20s. I know, and she she has the strength mental or physical to keep up with any other player mm-hmm. and i think it's so inspiring she has i looking at st- like remembering from stats from previous terms and stuff she's always up there on the leaderboard for the wtf fastest serves so she's up there with the rest of these women another player last but not least is angelique kerber the 25th seed who's been doing amazing the grass season so far she obviously is just coming off of that title so seven seven wins in a row now and that seventh win was today in an absolutely thrilling match which is cons- everyone's saying it's the match of the tournament so far um a three hour and 18 minute three set win over sarah Suri's tournament today both of them ran over three miles each throughout the extent of that match and but all three sets were over an hour long and it was just amazing tennis. It was so good. And, you know, Kerber, obviously a former champion here, um, also a finalist before all her seven-match grass court win streak. She and Goff in that area of the draw are going to be some very, very key players to keep an eye on. And I personally would love for Kerber to continue with a deep run. So then on the ATP side with the top seeds and contenders and people we think that you should be paying attention to, we have first up, you know, just that one guy. I forgot his name. It's like, it's, what is it? Shlovak? What is it? It's like Shmokovich. Something like that. <laughs> I forgot. Anyways, he's the first seed or whatever. And, I mean, his first match, he played... Jack Draper, I for, was he? I don't know if he's 18 or 9. Either way, he's young, and he's a British guy, and he took the first set off of him. Josephina taking the opportunity to highlight that Jack Draper is young and a he, teenager. He played well that match. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I don't know, he took the first... Or was it just, or was it a charity offering from Djokovic? No. He doesn't play around. This is Wimbledon. Who did you see? I I only know Shmokovic. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, Jack Draper took the first set off of Djokovic, which is kind of crazy for a player who's just starting on the tour, on the pro tour. So that's that was great for him. And, I mean, Djokovic has recovered. He has. Isn't he a part-time model? I feel like you told me this. No, I'm being dead serious. Yeah, he is. He is, right? Yeah. Okay, well, if the tennis doesn't work out for him, he can just go back to that. 
Okay, so then in the second round, um, Djokovic took care of Ken- Kevin Anderson. So this was a rematch of their 2018 Wimbledon final. But, I mean, Kevin Anderson is still an amazing player, so this being such an easy win, win, win for Djokovic... Um, I think it says something about the level he's playing with at this tournament. He sounds so enthusiastic so to talk about He's obviously him. the favorite to win the tournament. <laughs> so the second seed, Medvedev, he had a... My pick to win the whole yes, thing. Yes, and I think you are right for that. I don't think I'm right for it, but... I would choose Medvedev to win everything, because maybe one day he will. Maybe one maybe day. Maybe you should You should have picked him over Karatsev. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. Anyways, um, yeah, Medvedev had a very difficult first round match against um Jan Lerner-Struff. <laughs> what is wrong with me today? But he still won. He got through. Um, yeah. yeah. And we talked about earlier how if he can make it past, he has a difficult draw. If he can make it past the first couple of tough opponents. He's the type of guy who's only going to get stronger and more difficult mm-hmm. to beat after that, I think. Speaking of which, and he's playing Chilich, the 32nd seed in the yeah. third round, who's, we talked about on our TikTok tennis video, a really tough guy to watch out for on the grass. Yeah, yes. He is a phenomenal grass player, player overall. His kid is so cute. <gasps> I know! So cute. And he's having I, another yeah, one. Yeah, right? I think he's having another one. Adorable. He's so cute. Um, anyways. <laughs> Back to the <laughs> So then we have the four seeds, Zverev, who hasn't dropped a set yet, but has a tough draw. <laughs> He's playing Taylor Fritz next. Then the winner of Felix Ojaliasim versus Nick Kyrgios in the round of 16. The enthusiasm is so there to talk about this guy. But hey! We're not going to talk about him because let's talk about Taylor Fritz for a second. So, if you remember, he had to be escorted off the court in a wheelchair after his second round match at the French Open. Then he had knee surgery in early June. And he has now played nine sets of tennis at Wimbledon and won both matches. So that is crazy amazing stuff. I fear that he's not going to have that much left in the tank when he's going up against Zverev. I hope he has enough left in the tank. But, I mean, Zverev has a tough draw ahead of him. For once. Like, now uh, when I think of Fritz and his 2021 season, I remember his match against Djokovic. My mom talks about that all the time. Whenever, when Tsitsipas lost to Djokovic in the Roland Garros final, or, like, when Musetti lost to Djokovic at Roland Garros, my mom's always like, these guys are all like Taylor Fritz. These young guys just can't, they just can't do it. I was like, don't say was that. Was it the You're second round or the first I forgot. I think it was the second round. Which match? Uh, Taylor Fritz. The Taylor versus, Fritz one? Yeah. It must have been the third round because they were both seated, I think. Oh, yeah. So then, because <laughs> what I always say, like, whenever we talk about Fritz, like, it's, oh, the, he was a semifinalist here, quarterfinalist there. And I'm like, and he pushed Djokovic <laughs> to a five-setter. <laughs> that was a dramatic match. I remember. It was so sad. You know what's funny? When, okay, you know how at the Australian Open they had a curfew? And, like, they, you know, that whole yeah, thing happened. Where, like, the, the crowd left. Crowd, that's yeah. that's why they were so annoyed. And I think a similar thing happened when Djokovic and Berrettini were playing at the French Open. 
these Novak fans on Twitter, like the hardcore ones, are insane. They start tweeting, do not leave the court. Stay there. Do not abide by the curfew. Stay in the crowd. (laughs) If if a Djokovic fan listens to our podcast, aside from Miller, if he, like, tunes in here and there, Miller, we've had him on before if you haven't already checked out that episode um but i would be surprised if they do but anyway they're like either during the curfews or when there's a big mass going on they always tweet like all novak fans if you're currently at so and so tournament go right now to support Djokovic. and i'm just like it's insane they're crazy yeah yeah i wish i was at the tournament (laughs) (laughs) not to go support him but yeah yeah uh, our next seed is Andre Rublev, the fifth seed. Solid wins heading into the third round. I mean, there's not much else to say. He hasn't really done anything super special yet. Hoping he can do well, though, as we always do. Rublev's also been modeling. Really? Right? Oh, but it's like sponsor stuff, isn't it? Does that count? Yeah. I mean, he's good at it. He is good at it. He's surprisingly photogenic. He's very good at yeah. it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> There's only one reason we pay attention to the ATP anymore. Anyways. <laughs> Roger Federer, the sixth seed. Um, that other reason. So, <laughs> our grandfather dodged a major bullet in his first round match. Uh, Manorino was forced to retire after the fourth set. It was tied, obviously, two sets all, because he slipped on the grass. Hmm. But he looked, Roger looked very good in his second round match versus Gasquet. Straight sets win. Um, promising, but, I mean, he has a difficult opponent next. Yeah, so in the third round, he will be facing Cameron Norrie, also British. Why am I saying also? It's just, yeah. He's the 29th seed, and he is a good player, obviously, so, (laughs) and he has that. Yeah, he got to the Queen's final. Yeah. He got to the Queen's final. Yeah, so, you know, having solid seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Roger was asked about that in his on-court interview, and he said, "Yeah, he's had a good enough season now. He could, we could end that." And I was like, "Good job, good job. <laughs> look at you being. Look at you. Look at you. Roger's got jokes. Who knew?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something, but I forgot what I was gonna say. So I'm just gonna say, "Go Federer and move on to Berrettini, the eighth seed, um, who is playing well. Shravia loves him." Here on the document, it says love him. I think it's meant to say Shravia loves him. It's meant we love him, Josephina. We, as a joint duo. Hold on. Is that our brand? I think it is. On Twitter, are we not a Baratini fan page? Part-time. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make it a Corda fan page, too, but people just don't like Corda that much. (gasps) As much. That's so mean. It'll happen. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Our power in the tennis world is unmatched. You know, all of a sudden today on Twitter, the thing started trending again about, like, like people started tweeting, like, what I would wear to my, like, tennis player husband's matches. And I was like, we made a TikTok about this. Did we post it on Twitter? Weeks ago. Yeah, we did post it on Twitter. It actually did pretty well now that I look back on that tweet. I have to post but... it on Instagram. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release that on Instagram soon, and you'll you'll get to see guys what glorious DMs filmmaking. If you want to see the video, yes, exactly. 
We're gonna get um, no DMs. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Berrettini, people are definitely expecting him to make the quarterfinals out of this, excuse me, I, sorry, um, out of his section of the draw, and let's hope he does. Um, all right, let's move on to, now we're gonna do a quick thing where we're just gonna go quarter by quarter on the WTA side and on the ATP side and just say who we think is the strongest player at the moment remaining in that quarter and some dark horses that we were spotting. So Barty's quarter, WTA first. Strongest player, Ash Barty. I mean, she's been doing decent. She always, you know, looking at her draw, she definitely seems like the most experienced and most informed player um, to take out the big names. But there are a lot of dark horses there. First, we have Sorana Kristea, who had a pretty awesome win versus Victoria Azarenka today, a comeback win. She was down a break in the third set. So that was definitely confidence-boosting. So she's always dangerous. But we also have, like, a bunch of other floating names who've been doing really well that could also be threatening. Yeah, so this, like, little section in the quarter of Kristea, Radu, Emma, uh, Austin Pake... (laughs) Emma Raducanu. She's a British 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 teenager, yeah. I think. Um Ostapenko and Tomlianovic, this kind of section, they've all been playing extremely impressively these past couple of rounds, so it's really just whoever comes out of that section would be the dark horse cuz they all have great chances and they all are dark horses. So it kind of all comes together. Mm-hmm. Big brain comment right there. Yay. I'm not doing well. (laughs) So then we have Alina Svitolina's corner, or what used to be her corner. So the strongest players here, we want to say Coco, but we want to say Angelique Kerber as well. So we just put both of them because they're both playing phenomenally. They both have great chances to make it deep here, if anything, to the quarterfinals. But they're in the same section of their quarter right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so then it would be round of 16 at most that would be a great round of 16 match actually it really would so then as for dark horses we have muhova um she's she's been kind of mia since australian open she's been injured yeah but now she's back and into the third she got robbed she got robbed of an olympic team spot because of the whole protected ranking thing they gave vondrosova the Czech team spot instead of Muhova, which makes no sense because Muhova's obviously been Is doing Pushkova way playing? better. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really lost out on that on Muhova there, but nevertheless, she's a dark horse here. Um, moving on to what used to be Sophia Kennan's <laughs> quarter, but we're now calling it Sloane Stevens's quarter because she seems to be the strongest player here, if we're being honest. We talked about her before. You know, she's had a bunch of good wins, has been finding her form lately. Karolina Pliskova is also in this section, but, I mean, poor girl. We give her so much slander. I don't think we need to give her any more yeah. in this episode. Um... But aside from Sloane Stevens, some dark horses that we have are actually Samsonova, who Sloane is going to play in the next round, who uh, we talked about she just won the title in Birmingham, and then also yeah. Victoria Golubic, who um, has also been having a pretty good season, a bit under the radar, but we talked about her in the last episode as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
Um, then we have finally Sabalenka's quarter, and it is like filled to the brim. As much as the other ones are like kind of, we're struggling to find the super huge players that we can see making it through deep. Here we have everyone in one little section. We have Iga Sviatek, Anjabor, Garbina Muguruza, Rubikini, Rubikina, <laughs> Rubikina. Sorry, <laughs> Rubikina and Sabalenka, of course. Um, so- oh my god. <laughs> What do you call Elena at the beach? She's wearing a rib bikini. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. So, we believe the strongest player in this quarter is actually Garbine Muguruza. Because, first of all, she she hasn't dropped a set, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she is a phenomenal grass court player. She's great at Grand Slams as well. And, I mean, she has a tough third round match coming up against Ons. So that will definitely be interesting. And if you haven't heard, I chose Ons to win the entire Grand Slam. So this will definitely be interesting. Like, I love Muguruza with, like, all of my heart. And I want her to win the tournament. But I need to be right. So I'm so sorry, Garby, but you cannot win this match. Um, and then as for Dark Horses... Because Aslan, Wawrinka, and Dominic team didn't really work out. You know, Stan made it past the first round. Huh? Stan made it past the first round. <laughs> Stan so. was your funniest pick. <laughs> <laughs> so then as for Dark Horses, we have Iga Sviatek. We're calling her a dark horse because even though she has that Grand Slam experience, she's not that. She does not have the Wimbledon on, experience. Exactly, she's not that experienced on grass. So, um, honestly, she's been playing phenomenally. I think she's in that like, you know, champion mentality. I think she's tapping into it. So I think she has great chances here. Actually, I think she is even one of the t- contenders to win the whole thing. You could throw the entire draw, the WTA draw, take out all the seeded players, throw everyone in, they're contenders to win the whole thing. <laughs> As for the ATP, we've got, first of all, Djokovic's quarter, strongest player, Djokovic, obviously. Uh, Dark Horses, well, 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 well. Oh, oh, that's my turn to talk. Um, <laughs> so there's no real dark horses, but we have a feeling that Rublev can at least make it to the quarterfinals, only to get beaten by Djokovic, which is unfortunate, because I feel like he deserves a chance, but that's not happening, apparently. So then we have Tsitsipas's quarter, and this is a super open section of, or what used super to be Tsitsipas's quarter. So yeah, this, this is, is a major yeah. open section. It's so open. This is like full of dark horses, and I mean, this could one of the these people is going to be making the semifinals, which is crazy to yeah. think. And the strongest player here is actually Francis Tiafo because he beat Tsitsipas, and then he beat someone else of importance, I believe. Um, but I forgot who it was. Um, 
Um, but he's just been he's just been really solid and impressive with this game overall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, Tsitsipas he beat Pospisil, Pospisil, yes, and he's been doing yeah. well. Pospisil made it to the semifinals of a warm up tournament, I believe, something like that. I don't remember, but I mean, he's done well at Wimbledon before. So great stuff from Francis, and then dark horses: Sebastian Corda, Dennis Shapovalov, and if Dennis beats Andy Murray, we think he's making the quarters. So there is a really good shot for these young guys to make a nice deep slam run here, and we're all for it because let's have some variety here, guys. We need some. We need to change it up a bit. As far as Zverev's quarter, strongest player we talked about kind of earlier, Matteo Berrettini has been having a great grass season. But we've also got a fair bit of dark horse energy packed more in Zverev's area of that quarter. Yeah, we have Kyrgios and Felix Auger-Aliassime. We're actually going to be playing their third round match against each other, which is definitely going to be interesting. And again, we're going to bring it up um, later when we talk about our like matches to look out for for the third round. Um... Yeah, and then we have Medvedev's quarter. The strongest player here is Medvedev. He's been playing well, actually, and he has his next And match. Rogers in this Rogers in this quarter too, just keep that in mind, but yeah. we're too scared. They're to at opposite ends about him. Though. So yes, they, they are. won't have to meet for a little bit. If if Rogers in the tournament. If Medvedev If either of them are in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, because he is playing Chilich next, yeah. as we said. So that's a tough match coming up for Medvedev, a tough test. Um, and then as for Dark Horses, we have um, Bublik and Cameron Nori, who, as we said before, is going to be Federer's competitor in the third round. And Bublik is playing her catch, actually. So that should actually also be a good match. It's just something worth to mention because um, her catch just came out of nowhere, beat Lorenzo Massetti, and he hasn't been having that great of a, like, 2021 se- Like, these past few months have not been Since great Since Miami, yeah. So, Since, yeah, yeah, it's great to see him kind of come out of the shadows. And then Bublik also has been playing phenomenally for no reason, but that's just what he does, so we don't mind it. Yeah, Hubie really kind of after Miami faded away a bit, but seems to be getting back some traction now. Okay, to round this all out, we're just going to give you – we thought it would be fun to end on which matches we're most excited about. So Josephine and I have each picked one ATP match and one WTA match. And my ATP pick is TFO versus Kachanov. They've played once before. It was a five-setter at Wimbledon three years ago where Kachanov came back from two sets to love down. But, I mean, I think considering how well Francis has been playing, this is going to be a great match. And I actually think he can take the win in this one. But I think it's going to be a battle either way. So then I have Nick Kyrgios versus Felix Auger-Aliassime. I already told Travia this, but I actually believe that either Kyrgios is going to win in three sets or Felix is going to win in four. I won't take it any other way. I won't take it any other way. That's it. That's the end of my sentence. And if they're playing on center court, it might end at 0-0 because who knows what could happen. So then we have our WTA match picks starting off with Shravia's. Shravia, take it away. So my pick is Ons versus Muguruza. We've talked about that quite a bit already. So you guys know why I'm looking forward to that one. But, you know, a battle of favorites so early on in the tournament is always difficult. But I think both of them have been playing great these past few weeks. 
So it should be a high quality match. And then I have Elise Mertens versus Madison Keys. They have both been playing well. Mertens is kind of getting back into her stride. She's been playing pretty solidly, but we haven't really seen her shine so much in the Grand Slams this year. So it would be great to see her kind of move further because we we're seeing her kind of she's playing well. She just needs to pick up her level in order to make it deeper into this tournament. And then we have Madison Keys also who's on her comeback tour kind of so kind of yeah yeah so it'll be amazing to see her do well in this tournament but but either way both of these are people that we like so um it's going to be an interesting turnout thank you so much for joining us and that is game set and match for today if you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of Wimbledon and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released after the next couple of rounds of Wimbledon. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your rack and until next time.